what's up everyone we're back again first ever two episode week for this podcast i am joined by ryan and for the first time ever we have david, david. How you doing, buddy? that's right i'm back even though i've never been here <laughs> the high score of the week big cock david back after his terrible performance week one with the high score in week two a lot of things going on in week two a lot of low scores some high scores but first we'll do some clean up um and the biggest thing is a couple of trades that uh that went down mainly centered around ben lamb um first he traded julian edelman to wag for Devin Singletary and about 20 minutes later he traded uh, Leonard Fournette to Eftis for Antonio Brown so go well just like initial thoughts on the trade before obviously we saw this week play out what were your initial thoughts on these trades I like the Fournette and AB1 both those players have upside um, both of them have pretty big question marks. You know, learn from that, it's his health. And also, well, his quarterback's the GOAT, so that's not going to get back to him, but it's his health. And also, you don't know how long AB's going to be on the field because now he has a second accuser. So uh, if this progresses, he uh, could be three suspended. Ac- I'm just going to cut you off. He has three accusers. Don't forget about the doctor whose face okay, he farted he- on. He posted that video, and that's the funniest video I've ever seen in my life. Oh, there's the video? I haven't seen the video. Yeah, so, like, the doctor's, like, doing some weird, like, ultrasound thing on his chest, and Amy just starts, like, geeking. He's like, I farted. And then he lets a loud (laughs) one out later. It's, like, so loud. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, man. (laughs) It was funny, because, like, I'm just, I'm looking at the the league, uh, like, recent activity page, <laughs> and, like, I was looking at the trades to make sure I got them right, and it just says, fart gas traded Julian Edelman. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Ryan, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, that's man. Um, that's a great name, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> the video is absolutely hilarious. I think AB posts on his Instagram story, highly recommend, but if AB stays on the field, that'd be pretty good, because, Brady's going to spread the ball around a lot. I feel like AB's going to get to red zone targets because, I mean, every time he's on the field, he threw the ball to him. And then the other trade, Singletary's got really high upside, so that's pretty good. I thought those were wins for all the teams involved. Yeah, I I, I liked uh, the – like you said, it it was – we don't see many of those, but it was truly a win for each side. Uh, After it's got another running back – um, I don't like Fournette this year, but he still has value regardless. It's just you have to value him appropriately. And with AB there, AB's, he has value outside of PPR, but he is strongly a PPR guy just because he can line up outside or in the slot. So it definitely hurts Edelman. So basically upgrading from Edelman to AB, and then you could argue that f- as far as upside go, f- upside upside goes jesus um fournette to singletary is kind of an upside just because singletary's look great and fournette ever since his rookie year has just looked terrible and the jags are kind of a clusterfuck right now um david what do you think about the trades 
So I like trading for uh, Antonio Brown because I think he's, for, at least probably for like the next three or four weeks, he'll be a, a high-volume player on the Patriots because he is their best receiver and offensive player on the team now. So I think they'll use him as much as they can until you know, he rapes another person. Um, <laughs> and then trading, uh, Ben trading away uh, Fournette for Bell, great move. I don't like Fournette this year at all, or really ever. He's injury-prone. He's going to get hurt eventually. And then Singletary is great for the future, whether it's starting week four, week six, or seven. Going into the playoffs for fans football is just a great move because I think he'll be the starter. Yeah, and uh, that doesn't even mention, like, keeper value because Singletary was, like, an 11th-round pick. um, And I don't think... I don't think Frank Gore's back next year, so Ben Lamb seems on paper to have a good high upside um, keeper pick and also kind of like a low-risk keeper pick because if you're keeping someone that low uh, in the draft, it, it doesn't really burn you if they if they don't pan out just because it's an 11th-round pick. Um, so props to him there. I My initial reaction was just I respected the hell out of the moves because on paper um, – if you include the Antonio Brown off the field stuff, it looks like Ben Lamb lost those trades, but he could easily win them too. If AB, if everything gets pushed away or goes away, then like obviously AB is a steal this year and Singletary could easily be better than Edelman would be if Edelman was playing AB all year. So props to Ben Lamb. Obviously Singletary got hurt. It looks like he's out for a couple weeks at the minimum, but if AB is playing and Brady is targeting him as much as he did uh, when he was on the field uh, this past week, then I think Ben Lamb's going to be fine. Um, another trade that I forgot to mention, and it was kind of right at the buzzer before the Thursday game, was Gary and Tucker, um, both addressing areas of need. Tucker sent Duke Johnson to Gary in exchange for Calvin Ridley. Uh, Gary had a plethora of solid receivers. Um, and use that to his advantage to address uh, a big need at running back. Um, I mean, obviously, Calvin Ridley is a touchdown machine in a high-powered offense. Duke Johnson's kind of finding his his spot. But what do you guys think about this trade when you consider the the roster construction for each team? Uh, Duke Johnson's solid. He's going to get his carries, and Gary really needed that there um i wasn't listening when you were talking so i can't remember what tucker got but i'm gonna say good calvin job ridley. Tucker. calvin ridley there we go um ridley's gonna get his targets especially in the red zone um except for julio actually caught a red zone touchdown yesterday but but calvin no. ridley is going to get looks and targets just because Julio's gonna get like double and triple covered and still be open but I really like Ridley, and I also like Duke Johnson, so I also feel like this was a really fair one-for-one deal. Yep, I agree. I think it helps both teams out. I think Ridley's a better player, but I think Tucker didn't need him, obviously. He needed a running back. Yeah, he needed yeah. a running back, so it helped. And that, that's the, the main point. Like, straight up, it, it's not fair just because Ridley's better, but when you factor in the – the just depth Gary has at wide receiver and 
the the need Tucker had at wide receiver and sort of depth at running back he had. Uh, yeah, it's a completely fair trade. So props to both teams for beating the buzzer and getting that deal done. Um, I guess the last thing I'll have to mention as far as cleanup goes is that Nate added Frank Gore and then and dropped him. him. <laughs> yeah, like the next day. So who's he's probably going to be one of the the highest um, added people this week just because of the Singletary injury, and Nate could have had him for free, but uh, of course he dropped him. And what does Nate need but a running back? So hey Nate, if you're listening to this, keep um, on nating. Derrick Henry had another good game, so let's make a trade happen. We tried for five days last week, but I'm feeling good on the sixth day. <laughs> Listen, man, he's in school. Leave week. him alone. He's, <laughs> cool. he's in school. Leave him alone. All right, so let's recap some of the games this week. Um, like I said, a couple low scores, especially after a bunch of high scores um, week one. So we'll start off with what was supposed to be the game of the week was never really that close, and that is Ryan and myself. Ryan kind of had yeah. it in the bag from the start, especially when you saw just how good Lamar Jackson was in his follow-up performance. And then you factor in the fact that Derrick Henry got another touchdown and T.Y. Hilton got another touchdown and John Ross got a garbage-time touchdown. It, it you just kind of pulled away, and that wasn't really close. A um, couple of duds on my team. I mean, three key guys in single digits doesn't help. Um, Josh Allen is my, like, one saving grace, and that's not really a good thing. So we move on. I will say I started Scary Terry at the last second and it turned out to be the best option. So that's, like, my one saving grace. Uh, move on. Another not-so-close one. Uh, ben Lamb handled Joel. Joel. Another rough week, bud. Um, only 88 <laughs> points on the week. Uh, the fact that AB is now Patriot completely demolishes Josh Gordon's value. He looked great week one and looked irrelevant week two in a, as plus of a matchup as you could get. Um, having Stacking Packers doesn't necessarily equal success. Rodgers looks like more of a game manager now than a high-powered quarterback in terms of fantasy, which... Makes him a better quarterback, probably, but not uh, for fantasy. So Joel will have to make a move. Mix and hurt. Uh, Mac a down game. Doesn't equal success. And we talked about Singletary getting hurt, but he scored a touchdown before he left. And Brown looked great on the field. Cooper Cup, 5 for 120. Ben Lamb just got what he needed out of his team. 120, it's a fine score, but he didn't need much when going up against Joel this week. So... Ben Lamb comes out with the win. Um, Tucker, another high-scoring team this week. Uh, I believe he, once this week is over, he will officially be the highest-scoring team in the first two weeks, in large part due to Patrick Mahomes, who dropped 46.9 this week. Um, nice end to that score. Um, despite getting duds from Kamara and Cohen and Jeffrey, uh, zero points from Jeffrey, 4.5 from Cohen, and only seven from Kamara. It definitely doesn't hurt when your defense fucking drops 36 points. And Calvin Ridley, newly, newly acquired, drops 25. Justin Tucker drops 13. Uh, hard to beat the, that. 146 in counting for Tucker. And then Nate, Breeze went out. You, have, you don't have RB2. It doesn't matter that 
Kelsey and Galladay got you 50 combined. I mean, you need help, bud. It sounds like you should trade for Derrick Henry. So we move on to David. As we mentioned earlier, high score of the week uh, and counting currently at 162 with Nick Chubb going. Browns up 16-3 at the half. Um, Falcons finally got their shit together, and obviously you have the Matt Ryan and Julio stack, so that greatly helped you, especially you when uh, the fucking Falcons score on a fucking fourth and third. Uh, for those of you who mm-hmm. don't know, I I had the Eagles last night, and uh, I lost. So there's that. Um, but Gary, another good performance from his team despite the loss. Dak had 38. I believe he will be the QB two after two weeks, um, two or three behind Mahomes. Oh, no, I guess Jackson's up there too. Regardless, Dak Prescott was on the waivers after the draft. Gary scooped him up. Regardless of spending money from his fab, looks like a great acquisition through two weeks. Barkley back on track. Duke Johnson is a dud in his week one performance for Gary's team, but uh, I think that'll be the, the low end of Johnson's season. Michael Thomas, 10 for 89, looks great, but without Breeze, who knows? And Watkins came back down to earth. Evan Ingram came back down to earth. So Gary seems to have a good team with wide receiver depth, and Raheem Mostert might have value. Peyton Barber might have value, but regardless, David still comes out victorious. So then we move on. Jack, who was ranked first for the past two weeks, knocked off his pedestal as the bad beat on the rivers, terrible name, uh, nudges out by six points. Uh, Carson Wentz being hurt ultimately did Jack in. Couldn't push him over the top. A dud by Robert Woods really sealed his fate. Uh, almost everyone in FDS's team had double digits aside from his defense, so that usually yields good results, so he gets the win. And the last matchup of the week is probably the most exciting storyline through two weeks. And then there's Christian coming out with yet another dub over a big powerhouse team. Despite Deshaun's action getting zero points, Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle, Christian Kirk all put the team on his back, reversed the curse off to a hot start 2-0 through two weeks. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. What do you guys think about week two of the season? <coughs> well, um, reverse the curse, Christian, greatest team of all time, changed my mind, he's 2-0, uh, there's two people who are 2-0, and Christian is one of them, just like we all predicted, uh, Dalvin Cook is healthy, said last week, but he's healthy, Kirk Cousins is absolutely hot, hot garbage, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook's gonna be legit. It's going to be interesting because there's some pretty big injuries this week. Everyone in the Eagles got hurt. Um, yep. Drew, Br- Drew Brees got hurt. Um, Roethlisberger. Big Ben, he's going to need Tommy John surgery. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the panic moves that come from Joel because I feel like Joel's not very happy that he's 0-2 and only put up 88 this week. So, uh, Joel, if Devontae Adams on the market, hit me up. Um, once again, I mean, I'm just the best team through two weeks. Clearly I'm only going to win three <laughs> games this year, but Hey man, the little Lord fart quads are a rolling right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nick Myers has a tiny pecker, really good bounce back week. Uh, 
Matt Ryan and Julio Jones combined 62. And then Aaron Jones, the Packers are like, wait, we have a running back and actually use them? So that's pretty good. Nate, poor Nate. Like, he's he's got players who put up good points, but he doesn't have a quarterback or any wide receiver, so his team's just, like, dead. Um, so just, Nate, like I said earlier, man, I give you quarterback. I give you running back. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I mean, two only two teams two and zero, which might be the lowest we've ever had. It seems like there's always like four teams or so that are two and zero, but only two two and zero. Eight teams are one and one, so no one's pulling away yet. But David, I mean, low score week one, high score week two. How are you feeling about your team? I'm still loving my team. That's why I didn't make any moves. Told Ryan because he's trying to make me trade in half my players. I was like, I just had a lot of bad matchups, and it looked like I was right. I had a lot of bad matchups. Yeah, you're but a coward for backing up. I'm not a coward. I'm smart. <laughs> but I will say, all, all these people out here looking for quarterbacks, hit, hit me or Ryan up. We got two good ones. Wait, oh, I didn't realize you had Russell Wilson too. I have Russell Wilson on the bench, or you can have Matt Ryan. Doesn't matter. True. Matt Ryan, I did not realize Matt Ryan had three interceptions. It just makes me more mad that yep. the Eagles did not win. But three that is three touchdowns. Water under the bridge now. Um, so now that, I mean, obviously Monday Night Football is still going on, but all the matchups are decided. So we can move on with our rankings. Um, same deal. We did our consensus rankings. So we have the rankings. So let's get into them. Uh, 12th place for this guy. A familiar spot. Sounds like home <laughs> for this guy. We all ranked him 12th. And that is Joel. Uh, we talked <laughs> about it. It's not uh, because of his matchups necessarily. It's just his team doesn't mesh well. And also, he's just a terrible fantasy owner. So, uh, why do you guys have Joel ranked 12th? You know, Last week, I was like, oh, I mean, Joel had a pretty good week. Rodgers and Adams didn't do that well. I probably could have ranked him higher. But I was like, no, he lost. I'm still going to put him low. And then this week, he had pretty good matchups. Joe Mixon's still not fully healthy. Marlon Mack is a fraud. I don't know. I mean, it's just he's 0-2. And, like, if you're 0-2 and you score 88, I'm automatically going to put you last. But he's got James White on his bench. And AP, who actually, you know, did somewhat when <laughs> Gruden actually used him. But he's got good pieces where he can kind of, you know, make some moves to turn his season around because it's not too late. It's just a matter if he can get that done. But if you score 88 points, I'm automatically going to put you last. It's nothing personal, Joel. Uh, for me, it's completely personal. You suck. Um, so we move on to 11th. And this guy, just another not-so-great team, poor management, uh, left a ton of points on his bench, lost this week, and uh, deserves to be in the spot, and that is Gary. Um, Gary, you need to stop leaving points on your bench, man. And plus the fact that you lost to David this week, who was like one of the lowest scores last week. You gave up 162 when counting to David? Come on, work on your defense. Yeah, come on, just, come on now. Way too, left way too many points on the bench. Just not a good fantasy performance. You start Duke Johnson, who got three points. You had Peyton Barber, who got 15. Raheem Mostert, who got 24. Like, come on. Everyone knows those are must-start guys. So you have to play to your strengths. 
So as long as you keep leaving points on the bench, you will not increase in the rankings and you will not go far in this fantasy season. But David, as the victor in the matchup against Gary, why do you have him ranked so low? Uh, Aaron Jones is better than Saquon Barkley. That's it. Change my mind. Who scored more points? I really can't argue with that. I mean, exactly. You yeah. said you said no lies. There are no lies were said in the recording of this podcast. So we move on to number ten, and that is ooh, talk about scary indeed. That is Nate. Nate's team, while some bright spots is getting worse by the day, his revolving door of running back twos are just a sight to see and now that Drew Brees is out it only hurts his team more Kelsey bounced back Galladay had a great week Gurley scored DJ Moore had a good week but Nate only put up like 105 points like it's not conducive to success so Ryan how do you see Nate turning around his future I feel bad for him because, like, negative points from Drew Brees, two points from Darren Sproles. <laughs> but, like, if you're starting Darren Sproles, like, you kind of deserve it. Odell's got eight points, and then DJ Moore, Kelsey Galladay, even Sutton look pretty good. I feel like he's got to trade one of his receivers or trade Kelsey. Like, he has some holes. You can get a freaking haul for Travis Kelsey. Titans suck now, so, like, it's not really that important to have. So, like, if he can get a pretty solid wide receiver running back from Kelsey, I feel like his team would be really solid. Or even if he can get someone that he can start every single week at running back for one of his wide receivers, it will definitely change things around. The quarterback hole will be easy to fix, but he's he's got to make a trade for that RB2 or he's going to keep losing. Yeah, I mean, even if... Like, I think the the Tucker and Gary trade is a perfect example. Like, obviously, the wide receiver in that deal was better, but running backs are more valuable. So, at some point, you just have to sacrifice your depth at wide receiver because a lot of teams in the league are deep at wide receivers. So, you have to be able to trade a receiver to the teams that aren't in order to improve your team elsewhere. So, Nate, you will not get anywhere until you fix that. You can try picking up everyone off waivers to fill that RP2 spot, but it just won't work. You got to make a deal. Sounds like Derrick Henry's available, so you should probably check that out. So, um, so we move. Uh, ooh, Matt Breida. 10 mm-hmm. for 121 this week. Fun no fact. touchdown. Is he overrated? Doesn't matter. Got 121 yards. Embrace anyone debate. on your team get 121 yards? Lamar Jackson. Oh, Are shit, you two no. Lamar, ja- Lamar Jackson got 120. Fuck, I'm alive. Exactly. Exactly. Next question. Oh, God damn it. All right, so we move on, uh, and this is where uh, the rankings between us three kind of vary a little. We were in agreement on the bottom three, but uh, about four through nine, we have a little variance, so it's closer than the rankings may indicate. But coming in ninth, we have Ben Lamb. I had him ninth, which was the lowest. Ryan had him eighth, and... David, you had him fifth. Um, so since I had him lowest, I'll just start off this conversation. Um, I str- I like some aspects of Ben Lamb's team. I absolutely loved and respected the trades he made this week. It just it comes with a high question mark, and hindsight's twenty twenty. But the Singletary ab- Singletary injury absolutely crushes him. He doesn't have a good quarterback. Uh, David Johnson is someone I really don't like. Um, 
as far as consistency is concerned. I mean, look at this week. He had a touchdown, but without that touchdown, he has a 2.4 uh, point fantasy week too. So that could easily crush him. Is he touchdown dependent? It's not really something you want out of your RB1. Godwin had a good week, but he could easily bust next week. That's the price you pay with Jameis as your QB. AB, we know what's going on. Jared Cook is pretty much irrelevant without Breeze. Cooper Cup, I mean, he seems solid, but had a down week last week. So it's just a lot of variables on his team. There's not much consistency, whether it's production or like off the field issues or uh, just matchups or offenses or whatever it may be. So a lot of things up in the air for Ben Lamb. I think he will have like a good season, but it won't be consistent. It won't be easy for him. But uh, David, why do you have him fifth, which was the highest out of us three? Well, I look at his team, and I see a lot of upside on his team. Because, uh, like, David Johnson, obviously, any given week, just scored 30. Chris Godwin, I love him. And, obviously, it just depends on uh, Winston, which it sucks, but it does. Brown has a very high upside if he's going to play with the Patriots. Like, if he actually plays the rest of the year, I would be surprised if he's, like, a wide receiver one, two, or three the rest of the season. Um, Cooper Cup, obviously, high upside. Will Fuller again. Rashad Penny looks like he might be getting more work if Chris Carson keeps fumbling. So that might that might fix his problem with Singletary for for now. He just needs a quarterback. And like Ryan said, you can always find quarterbacks like on the waiver wires or trade with me or Ryan. Like I said, <laughs> we're both open. Trades will need to be made indeed. Um, and we know Ben Lamb is no stranger to trades. Uh, two high upside ones this week. Um, we'll see how they look down the line. So we move on, and we have the eighth-ranked team, and that is – oh, wait, hold on, let me make sure. No, eighth-ranked team, and that is Eftis. So Eftis comes in at number eight, pretty even across the board. I had him eighth. Ryan had him seventh. Um, and David, you had him eighth as well, so pretty consistent. Got the win just narrowly this week. Um, but Ron, you had him slightly ahead, so why do you think there's reason for hope <clears throat> for Eftis? Um, he he put up 150 some odd last week. Kind of just, you know, he got screwed by rule change. That was not a fumble recovery. I don't care what the scorebook says. Um, but he's got a lot of good upside. I mean, Cam Newton's kind of trash right now with his shoulder, but still got 14 points. Austin Eckler's the real freaking deal. He should get a great, great production of him. Um, I really like Cooper and Williams. DK Metcalf's kind of like the surprise this year, but he's just got good options all around. Like, he's got Jarvis Landry and Freeman on his bench. Um, if Fournette stays healthy, and Greg Olson keeps this up, what he's doing, I think he's going to be really solid going forward. And he's 1-1. I mean, he scored 130 and 150. It just, he lost last week, so that's why I have him this, where I had him. Right. But, yeah, he actually does have a surprisingly solid team. Um, I think for his consistency, obviously, keeping Carson and Allen would probably help him over the course of the year. But, obviously, Eckler, like you said, is the real freaking deal. Uh, as long as Gordon's out. So we'll have to see how that plays out if and when uh, 
Melvin Gordon comes back, but Amari Cooper, Tyrell Williams, and some combination of Metcalf, Westbrook, Landry, um, they look really good as a, as a flex. Uh, at that point, it doesn't matter who you play. You just kind of play the matchups. So those he, he will live and dies by his receivers, but just because he's so deep in that position, it looks like they'll be able to keep him afloat. Like I said earlier, everyone on his team had double digits except for his defense, which is fine. I mean, that's a, it's a great week. So averaging about 140 over the first two weeks, that'll get you far. So good job for Eftis. We'll have to see if he can keep it up. Um, so we move on to number seven, and then there we have Wag. So I had Wag sixth, and Brian and David had him ninth. So a nice ranking. Um, but for for me, Wag still also has a lot of upside. I think he just it's just one of those weeks where you play the wrong guys. Everyone has them um, except Brian because he's perfect. Um, everyone has those matchups or those weeks where you play the wrong matchups. McCaffrey had a dud. Uh, it was a weird week for the top running backs. I mean, McCaffrey and Kamara both having duds. You don't really see that, all that option. Diggs had one catch for a touchdown, but without that, he is a big goose egg on the week. Josh Jacobs had a great week. It's just he didn't hit 100 yards. He had like 12 carries for 99 yards, but literally nothing else. Not a catch, not a touchdown. So it looks like an ugly 9.9 in the in the scorebook, but it was very productive week for Josh Jacobs, so I think he'll be solid. And plus, they were down pretty, like, right away after um, Mahomes got going. So he didn't really call for running, but I think he's safe. It's just he needs to figure out the matchups. And, and once he does that, he'll be fine. It's just Diggs seems like he's very hit or miss. Edelman is a question mark with AB. Tyler Boyd looks real, and... Mason Rudolph loves Vance McDonald, or at least did last week, so that might solve his problem at tight end. So I think there's still a lot of hope for WAG, but Ryan, why do you see WAG as a bottom half team? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm all about the here and now. Um, I'm very dramatic with my power rankings. I'm going to fluctuate every single week, but you put up 94 points, you're going to be the, towards the bottom for me. Um, only Diggs and Brady scored double digits and Diggs had 10.9 points i think he had the second touchdown called away from him so he had a pretty good week but not on the stat sheet because of the penalty um i think Diggs does have a couple concerns just because kirk cousins has looked so bad but mccaffrey's not going to put up seven points again he's going to be you know 20 plus points weekly just because that's how they are um it was just a short week and terrible weather so that can happen jacobs is solid and like looking at his bench you know you have 23 22 14 12 11 on your bench that scored like his entire starting lineup but i'm all about the here and now and i'm dramatic so that's why i gave him the ninth and that's completely fair it's not a best ball league where it's just like your total points whether it's like best ball for those that don't know it's you, every player you have you add up the points so it's literally Oh, well, not quite that. It's just, it takes your best scores from each team or for each player and plugs it in. So it's like your highest possible score. Uh, but that's not how we play, obviously. So you have to play the right matchups. You have to get the most out of your players. And Wag didn't do that this week. So the fact that he's ranked ninth for both of you is completely fair because he got 
a lot of key decisions wrong and he could have won this week, but did not because he played the wrong guys. Um, but Christian, 2-0. So we will get to him a little bit later. A little bit later. 2-0, right. baby. So we move on and we get to, oh God, what number am I at? Six. We are at number six and just barely. Uh, it's essentially a tie, but um, number six, we have David. I had him fifth, so you're welcome. Um, Thank you. And, oh, Ryan dropped off. Oh. <laughs> Let me invite him again really quickly. Invite others. Um, oh, David, I lied. Shit, I lied. I had you seventh. Ryan had you fifth. And you had yourself sixth. So that comes into a score of six even. Um, so, I mean, once you get to four through nine, like I said, it's pretty much a wash. But, um, David, I, I like your team. Obviously, it's a big bounce back this week um but it definitely seems like it flows a lot through the falcons who just me personally i think it's a very like volatile team to flow through it's not like oh god what's i can't even think of another team like mahomes and a healthy tyreek hill is going to be solid mm -hmm. week to week yeah. But the Falcons, specifically with their offensive line, it's not Matt Ryan, it's not Julio Jones. They're both solid, but that offensive line is god-awful. Um, so, I mean, without the Eagles going an all-out blitz on fourth down and Julio getting that 60-yard touchdown and you having the stack, you, this score looks a lot different. But obviously, we can't approach it that way. Just I have yeah, you a little... I, I played the right players. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. And I can't take that away from you. I mean, high score of the week says something and plus you won this week. I lost. So I need to shut the fuck up. But I mean, <laughs> this, this is like your team ceiling for sure. And obviously if you put up 162 and counting in any week, most likely you're going to win. So I can't fault you for that. I think you're on the up and up. It's just, can the Packers still stay committed to Aaron Jones? Can Nick Chubb be valuable? Uh, in a Browns offense that's trying to figure their shit out and can cooks have value without scoring touchdowns. It's a lot of ifs. It seems like you have a lot of touchdown dependent people, but certainly a good week. Um, so Ryan, what do you think about David's team? Um, well, David's team fucking sucks. You're right. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. wait, pause, pause. We have breaking news. Uh, Minka. Yeah, Steelers are trading a 2020 first round pick to the Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, kind of, we we'll get into NFL talk later, but uh, kind of a weird move considering Roethlisberger's out for the year. Like, like you'd think the Steelers would kind of take the opportunity to not tank, but sell off some pieces and kind of get draft picks and regroup and retool for next year. But looks like they are not going anywhere but then again people like Minka Fitzpatrick aren't available all that often so maybe they're just taking advantage and they still will tank but Ryan go ahead and proceed yeah no I mean the team sucks um Antonio Brown <laughs> I mean sorry this, sorry I was looking at the wrong team uh Julio no. not even good this is a fluke he's not gonna score touchdowns you should probably trade them um right. I don't think but 30-something touchdowns. Yeah, okay, stop sucking your own team's dick. Um, Nick Chubb, I think, is an issue. He's only got 14 points right now, but 
It was a really good week for him. The question is, which David is it? Is it the one that put the dud last week, or is it the one this week where all of his players do really, really well? Um, but we score 162, and you get the dub. Um, that's why he's going to come in number five for me. I think that was a great week, and I feel like that's a pretty good thing David can build on going forward. For sure. Um, David, honest – well – question and i want an honest answer how do you wh- like how do you feel about aaron jones because it's like one granted it was against chicago and he couldn't really get anything going but do you think yeah. the packers commit to him um i do because he had over 20 touches and i think that was a, a big thing at least for me looking at it because last year he never got more than i think 17 touches in a game and yeah. last week he only had like 11 or 13 the fact that they gave him the opportunity to have i think it was 25 touches that proves to me that they, at least short-term, because, I mean, you never know if he has a fumbling problem or something like that, but that they'll just get, they're going to use him as not a, not a workhorse, but like a three-down back or in most situations. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, and I think the, the thing that's sort of missed is that Jamal Williams also still had a productive day, too, just because yeah. Aaron Jones is getting the majority of the touches doesn't mean Jamal Williams is ineffective, so... Good on the Packers. That, we'll see if Aaron Packers, Jones can keep you, up. Last year, they only used the running back like 20 plays a game. Like, they averaged like 20 touches, like all of them. And now they're they're using them for like 30 touches a game, which is huge for right. fantasy. Yeah, I mean, Packers have missed the playoffs for what, like three years straight now or something? And yeah, Rodgers isn't – yeah, Rodgers isn't in his – like elite prime status anymore where you can just carry the team and do whatever he, the fuck he wants to do. They have to be a smart offense now. And it looks like they're doing it. And they finally have a good defense. Uh, they're two and O they look like the best team in division. They beat two division rivals start to start the year. So we'll see if Aaron Jones can continue his success um, this week. And we move on to number five, just narrowly edging out David in part due to my ranking. Um, is me. I had myself fourth, which, yeah, probably a little high. Um, Ryan had me sixth, and David, you had me seventh. Um, so, Ryan, what do you think? I know you're uh, here now. What have you done for me lately, team? So, what do you think about my team? Um, I think some questions kind of came up for you. Chris Carson fumbled, and he kind of got benched for Fumble-itis. a while. Yeah. And then he came back, and he fumbled again, but the Seahawks got that one back. I think the fact so that it he doesn't got, really count. <laughs> he got benched <laughs> in a really, really tight game. I think that's kind of worrisome, especially when Penny looked pretty decent. But he's still going to be their guy, but I feel like that's something to monitor. Um, you don't really know how Josh Connor is going to be without Big ben, Big ben, it could be a situation like the Jets are literally doing right now with everyone hurt. Every single play has gone to left bell. Um, so you don't really know there. Hopkins, I mean, he was on Jalen Ramsey. You knew he was going to get shut down. Um, Keen Allen, good as always. Hawkinson kind of came back to reality, but again, Titans don't really matter. But I feel like the Carson and James Conner situation is going to be a good one to watch. But David Montgomery, he did have a touchdown. He had 14 points. Yay. So the, the, uh, t- the touchdown was, <laughs> the the touchdown was pretty funny because it was like first and goal. They like rushed with him three times. 
didn't get in on the third one. There was a penalty. They rushed with him two times, didn't get in, and then he finally barely got in on the like sixth rushing attempt. And that's why I his, think like, he got his, in. <laughs> I I think just barely. I think it's because they called it a touchdown. They didn't have enough to like overturn it. But yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like the most convincing touchdown. <laughs> um. But David, I know you had me ranked the lowest out of the three of us. But if you were to counter Ryan's argument, what is the sign for optimism for my team? Um, I think you for optimism. I think you have pieces you can make trades with to make your running back stronger because you have three running backs around the same spot with Montgomery, James Conner, and Chris Carson. Like at this moment, like obviously things could change in the next week or two. I think they're all sitting about the same spot where they're like one week away from being like the second string or third string or being the obvious number one. If they play well, because they all can play yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm nervous about James Conner in general, but Big Ben, who knows? Yeah, Chris Carson, I'm, he fumbled once last week, so he has three fumbles on the season, two loss. So, I mean, you can't be a efficient running back if you always fumble but on the bright side yeah penny had like a 37 yard touchdown but if you take that one rush away he rushed nine times for like 25 yards so not very efficient there so i think carson's safe for now but obviously it's something to monitor so you guys are right and uh i'm very upset that tj hawkinson sucked this week because i really wanted him to be great (laughs) Uh, that was sad um, so we move on to the feel-good story of the season. 2-0, and baby, and that is Christian. I had him fifth. You guys had him fourth. Uh, it is just a great story. We're all rooting for him. Reverse the curse. Uh, Baker's playing right now, but he already sealed the win. Uh, wasn't the most convincing, but he did what he needed to do. Dalvin Cook looks amazing, um, and that includes a – Goose, goose egg from Deshaun Jackson, but Ryan. I yes, mean, feel good story, right? Yeah. Talk about it. Um, I mean, the curse is being reversed right now. He does have a Baker issue, but Sony Michelle is gonna get his carries. Um, they ran the ball, I think, twenty times. Granted, they were up by 100, but they're going to run a lot every week, and they're going to run with Michelle. Dalvin Cook, he's the RB1. Um, I think he may be the fantasy MVP this year. Little, little ugly wide receiver scenario going on with Hill and Gordon out, but I feel like he does have some pieces here to get a trade. But if he kind of you know, keeps winning – his team keeps doing well, and then he's sitting nice with Hill and Gordon coming back. Woo! Woo! Um, yeah. Reverse the curse, and I'm trying to figure out who he plays next week. Uh, I can Ooh. tell you. Give me one second. He plays... Oh, he plays Joel. Oh, oh my God. Three, oh, baby. three oh, and out. Three and out. <laughs> Christian's going three that'll and out. Be, the oldest rivalry in the league than last year. <laughs> <laughs> Like um, 2 and 11 starts off 3 and 0. Reverse the curse. <laughs> uh, yeah, already more wins than he did all of last year in the regular season. So, reverse the curse off to a great start. Um, I will say, yeah, he definitely has a wide receiver problem with Hill and DJX on the shelf early. But Kyler Murray's uh, throwing it like 50 times a game. So, as long as he keeps doing that, 
uh, Christian Kirk's going to have value. So that helps a little bit, but he will most likely need to make a deal or have a nice uh, waiver acquisition in order to fill that uh, second or wide receiver spot in uh, the meantime. But we move on to our top three. And coming in at number three is the high score uh, after two weeks, and that is Tucker. Uh, we each had him third. So, David, uh, I mean, Tucker's team, it starts with Mahomes, but what do you like after that? Not much. <laughs> to be honest with you, really not much. But Mahomes scores 45 every week. So, I mean, he doesn't really have to have much. Like, if you look at it this week, he wasn't very good. He had three players. That's true. But mm-hmm. Mahomes is so good. I like Calvin Ridley. Kamara, will, he'll be fine. And honestly, after that, you don't really need much. He has, I mean, I think the Patriots defense, great. Tuck, just Tucker's great. He's going to score 130-plus every week because of Mahomes. Yeah. And it's just depending on these role-playing players. Like, you don't know what Juju's going to do now. Alshon Jeffrey, if he plays, he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He's just got a bunch of good players. And then yeah. He didn't, yeah, he didn't even start uh, McCole Hardman this week. And McCole Hardman had, like, a solid 17 points, but he also had, like, a 72-yard touchdown that was called back due to a holding call that had nothing to do with the play and no impact on the play. So McCole Hardman looks like a real deal. Now that Jeffrey's out, Tucker has an easy time deciding on his wide receivers. So that could be a problem going forward. But, yeah, like you said, the Patriots D isn't going to score – 36 every week and and whatnot and right now he has two goose eggs jeffrey obviously had a uh zero points last night and and joku currently has zero tonight so he his score at least this week is very top heavy but it starts with Mahomes, and as long as you have Mahomes on your team you're always going to have a chance i know that all too well um so we move on to number two and this is new for this guy at least this year and that is jack each had him two. the loss this week sucks um only by six but a loss is a loss regardless of how it happens um david i'll I'll hand this one to you again just because actually no we'll give it to ryan ryan obviously you're the last guy left so we know you're taking over the top spot two no but jack you got to feel like he's close behind you right yeah, I mean, I really like Jack's team. Um, I think all the way around, it's really good. Zeke still isn't fully back yet. Um, they're slowly working in. He's still had a great week. Uh, Mark Ingram, only nine points. It's because they kind of – well, I didn't know. Sorry. Mark Ingram got hurt, and he still got like 9.7. Um, hopefully his injury isn't too bad. But Adam Thielen, that was his best game of the year so far through two weeks, only 12 points. I think Cousins has a little issue. But, I mean, Mark Andrews is legit, especially if Lamar Jackson keeps playing like this. I mean, Wentz, Zeke, Johnson, Woods, and Mark Andrews, it's really freaking good. I mean, just looking at his team, they're all like 12, 16-plus. So that's a great week. For sure. It definitely seems like Mark Andrews is the favorite target for Lamar Jackson. And that's not even just this year. That's going back to last year. Um, but eight receptions over a hundred yards and a touchdown out of your tight end position uh, is insane production. Like that's Travis Kelsey production. Um, so 
good for Jack for doing that. Uh, I think this is a small blip in terms of the course of a season. But, yeah, his wide receivers will be something to monitor because Thielen seems uh, very much more touchdown dependent than last year. Last year he was safe as a PPR guy, but just because the Vikings are committed to running the ball more, it hurts the wide receivers there. So something to monitor. Woods had a down week, but he's probably the safest of the three in L.A. And Larry Fitz looks extremely solid with uh, Kyler Murray. So something to watch. But Jack, solid team. Sucks this week, but should be back on track here shortly. And that leaves the last guy remaining. Um, Ryan, we each had him ranked first. David. You're a big man to rank Ryan first. Why did you do it? Well, first off, I don't like the way he uh, gave Jack a lot of compliments. Let's be honest, Ryan. You're far far and away better than Jack. Your, your <laughs> kicker's name is Nick or, uh, Harrison Butker. All right, let's be honest. <laughs> and you you have Lamar Jackson, who seems to be almost as good as Patrick Mahomes right now, So, at least fantasy-wise. Like, when you have that advantage in the, in the quarterback position, that's huge, and then you also have great players and great depth everywhere else. Eric Henry, great find, even though everyone wants them, including me, but you won't trade them to me. So it sounds like a personal problem, Ryan. Um, you, you stole John Ross from me, great flex. He's number, what, number two wide receiver now? Number three? I don't know what it is after this week. But George Kittle, if George Kittle comes back and does what he did last year. Yeah, different story. He, he He's Travis Kelsey, and that makes your team – that much better. Your worst player would honestly be T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, and T.Y. looks pretty solid this year. Uh, after, he's still good. Yeah, a full uh, couple years of rapport with Jacoby Brissett as opposed to uh, like a week rapport the first time they played together. So yep. Hilton looks solid. Uh, like you said, Kittle could easily bounce back now that the offense in San Francisco seems to be rolling. Um, just to highlight Derrick Henry, as long as he gets the ball, he he's perfectly fine. Uh, Nineteen attempts last week. Oh, that's bold. Fifteen this. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. But you look at last year; he was extremely effective when he got the ball. But then he would have games that's where he had nine are. touches. No, but I'm saying like <laughs> he had games where he would be effective in the very the very next game. He had nine touches. So it just remains to be seen whether or not the Titans will commit to that so far. So good for that, but tough matchup for him coming up against Jacksonville. And then Atlanta is a plus matchup, but it should be a high scoring. Um, so we'll see how much he's used, but Buffalo, Denver, uh, LA chargers. Um, we'll see how Derrick Henry does, but off to a good start. Bell seems solid. Uh, I think the concerns about him not playing last year are completely washed at this point. Uh, he looks as solid as ever. And John Ross, great pickup to address your flex position. So looking pretty good, sitting pretty at the top spot. Well-deserved. It seems like you always get off to a good start in the season. It's kind of enviable. What they do, baby. What, what's your secret, man? You want to tell me? I won't tell anyone. Um, Just think, what would an idiot do and do the opposite of that? Okay, so what would David do, do the opposite? Got it. <laughs> All right, so, so <laughs> something I probably should have mentioned earlier, but just some top performers of the week. Uh, QBs, obviously Mahomes led the way. 
uh, Jackson and Prescott, not far behind. Running backs, Dalvin Cook led the way. Aaron Jones, David's boy, uh, coming in second. Uh, surprise number three that Gary added, and that's Raheem Mostert. Is he a must-start going forward? I don't know, but coming in at number three uh, on the week. Wide receivers, um, arguably, well, not arguably, most likely going to be the most bidded on guy this week, and that's Demarcus Robinson in Kansas City. Got a couple long balls, six for 172, two touchdowns, 35 points. Currently a free agent. Uh, I'm sure Ephes will spend all the money to grab him. Emmanuel Sanders looked great again. Flacco sucks, but Sanders is good with him. 11 catches, 98 yards in a tutty this week for 28. And Julio um, coming in shortly behind him. Actually, I think Julio scored more. I think Nate's not dead. <laughs> oh, doubt. Oh, doubt. 90 yards. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Do we have a controversy? We'll, we'll All see. Right. Nate, Nate moves up one spot. <laughs> to number nine. Sorry, Ben Lamb. Uh, <laughs> tight ends, we mentioned Mark Andrews uh, leading the way. Travis Kelsey, bounce back. Vance McDonald, uh, seven catches, only 38 yards, but two touchdowns. As long as he's scoring touchdowns, he will be fine. But some free agents that we'll talk more about on the next episode this week. Jimmy G looks like he bounced back. Case Keenum still available. Frank Gore, maybe Jeff Wilson. I don't know. It seems like a three-headed monster there in San Francisco, so maybe someone will add Jeff Wilson. Demarcus Robinson, Nelson Aguilar, depending on how the Eagles wide receivers look. And then tight ends are a crapshoot, but Will Disley, five for 50 and two touchdowns in Seattle. Um, what a What a guy. What a what guy. A I know, right? So let's sort of uh, wind down this podcast with some gut reactions. We talked about how week two has gone. We've talked about how each team is kind of currently sitting um, after two weeks in the books. But let's talk about what we think will happen going forward, just kind of based on what we've seen so far. So, Ryan, you want to start? Yeah, um, just trying to look at the teams and mix things up. Um, I really like Kenny Galladay this year. I feel like he's going to be solid. He's looked really good the first two weeks. Um, but besides that, I know F this is one one, but I do really like his team. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he makes a little bit of a move. By the time Gordon Smell come back, because that'd be very after this. So, which that move is going to happen? So, it'll be interesting to see if that move benefits his team, like all the other moves he has made so far. But yeah, I like Eftis's team so far. Yeah, for sure, David. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what is your uh, insight for the rest of the season? So, two things. I like. Um, I like Christian's team. I think depending on uh, the injuries he has with Jackson and Hill when they come back, if they can stay healthy after that. And then Gordon coming back, he could have the best team in the league in four weeks because those are three yep. huge players, and he's already 2-0. And he's about to be 3-0 playing Joel. So 
Like, he can just kind of coast for the next four or five weeks just getting his players healthy and just easily be really good. And second, this is kind of a bold prediction because, you know, that's what I love to do. Um, I, I believe if the Packers keep using Aaron Jones like this, he will be a top five running back. Change my mind. Mm-hmm. wonder why you think that. Top five? Um, I, I, I would say top ten for sure, but, um, I mean, I would say Sa- Sa- Yeah, you're right. Saquon and Zeke seem like they're locks. Kamara and McCaffrey are, I don't know, Kamara might be more up in the air than normal, obviously just because you're losing Breeze for an extended period of time. So maybe there is an open spot, but if the Packers commit to the run, yeah, I don't see why not. Well, but what, I w- so like if they commit to the run, he's going to get the touches, yeah. and I think he has the Oh, talent. for sure. Um, I, I would say Dalvin Cook is – Gun been going to be in there, and that kind of leads me to mm-hmm. mine. Ryan sort of mentioned it earlier, but um, yeah, Cook easily could be the fancy MVP. I said a couple times, like if he stays health healthy, I think he leads the league in rushing, and obviously that'll tra- translate itself to being a top fantasy running back. So good on Christian, and uh, I was always rooting for Christian, but I, I'm fully on board. I think Christian makes the playoffs. Uh, I think everything lends itself to that fact. He is great running back. Shady McCoy got banged up a little this week, but it seems like week to week he's used enough in that offense, and it's the best offense in football. So McCoy will have value. Um, so he has great running backs. He just needs to survive his wide receiver injuries. But if he gets D. Jackson Hill back and then Gordon comes back and becomes what we know Gordon can be, Christian's looking great. Um, Baker had the long touchdown that we just mentioned. So if Baker can get back on track, yeah, Christian's looking very, very nice, sitting pretty. Um, his bench still makes me want to vomit just because it looks <laughs> terrible. Change but, that, Christian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do something. Like, there's no reason to keep Nikhil Harry. But regardless, I'm fully on board with the Christian hype. Um, and uh, another. It's not necessarily bold, but it is in in terms of historical stance with our league. I think Jack makes the playoffs this year. Again, hey. not, bold, not bold this year, but if you look at his teams the last couple of years, he's had good teams, but because he has not made trades, he has fallen just short, uh, like seven and six, six and seven the past couple of years, literally missing the game or missing the playoffs by a tiebreaker, a three-way tiebreaker two years ago. Missing the playoffs by a game week 13 last year. I think he puts those demons behind him and makes the playoffs. How far he goes is up to him, depending on what deals he wants to make. But it's looking good. I really don't see many weaknesses in his team, uh, provided Wentz stays healthy. Um, I think Jack vanquishes those demons, exercises them, but... We'll see. God, I just love football so much. I could talk football all the time. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, break the curse. <laughs> Reverse you got to believe. You got to believe. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we, we can't put too much hype into Christian because we don't want uh, – like to be let down and we we don't want to put too much pressure on Christian. We we got to let him do his thing and we'll root from behind the scenes. Um but David, any final thoughts? 
yeah, I'd like to say, would you say eight one-on-one teams? Literally anybody's at it. So, yeah, let's make trades. Let's make hey, trades, let's make boys. It's trade. what fans are all trade. about. It's <laughs> what it's all about. Let's make trades. Someone fucking so trade with it. That... <laughs> Listen, I, 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 sources are telling me Derrick Henry's available. So it sounds like Derrick Henry needs to be traded. So yeah, uh, let's get some someone trade. Someone trade. It sounds like on Derrick Henry's team there's a quarterback who can be traded too, so someone trade. <laughs> Alright, so from Ryan, David, and myself, appreciate you guys coming on. Uh we will be back on Thursday. We have Christian and Joel talking two different teams. Uh, it'll be fun to talk to them. Christian, obviously having a great year. Joel, not so much. So we'll get some nice um, back and forth going there. But for Ryan David and myself, appreciate it. And thank God football's back. I know
a new beginning comes from some other place.